Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I, um, I'm, I'm excited about 2022. I don't know if you know this, it's a little cheesy, but on uh, February 22nd, 2022, happens to fall on a Tuesday. Did you guys know that? So it's really going to be a Tuesday. Um, anyway, just random, random weird things that pop in my head and that I see on Facebook, but I think that's still fun. 22 is like going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. I'm excited. Um, I think we're going to see some things happen in our lives that we've been believing for for a while because God is, he's, he's the one that watches over his word to perform it. And so some of the things that we want to uh, lay claim to and hold on to for this year are kind of the same promises we've been holding on to for a long time, but maybe we go after them a little bit different than sh- this year than we have in the past. Um, I think we get caught as Christians uh, praying some prayers um, and then just letting it go and and just see what happens. And really, it's, it's a matter of being intentional and on purpose with our prayers and what we're believing God for. Seeing some things, declaring some things, having our expectation high day in and day out to see God move and show up. Um, I don't know about you, but um, several of the families here have just at least let me know in, the, in this last year that they've seen their family members like kind of wake up out of the fog um, like never before, because they were just believing God for them to see some things that they hadn't seen before. People that have were serving themselves and the enemy are coming back into the kingdom or coming to the kingdom for the first time. And so we're going to see more and more of that. Um, so I just encourage you, if you've got family members that are lost, that are not following the Lord, lay, lay claim to them in, in the kingdom. Lay claim to them being, no, they're going to know the Lord. They're going to serve him. They're going to follow him and, and hold on to that and watch them turn. Because I'm telling you, the tide's turning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So this morning, I uh, just felt like I was going to share a few things with you um, because it's the first Sunday we get together, really just the second of the year, um, about just new beginnings and just uh, having an expectation for what God wants to do in your lives uh, in this new year. And I believe, it, I believe it'll help you because we're going to see some things in the scripture, um, how that'll lead in. I remember when, um, when I launched out on my own for the first time, uh, after I'd finished school and was going to Bible school, I'd never lived on my own. And so when you, if, you're, if you've ever moved out of state uh, and, and it's all brand new, like I don't mean moving to like where you have family, but just a cold move out of state, somewhere you have not been before, where you don't know people, um, there, it, can, it can be a faith stretch, right? And uh, I remember leaving uh, Spokane, really the only state I had ever known, and was moving away, and I, I was going to have a, a new place to live, you know, a new uh, roommate, a new job, going to a new school in a new state. I mean, it was all new, everything. It was all new. And there was an excitement um, because it was an adventure. You know, when you're 22 and you're leaving home and, you know, it's, it's, it was exciting. But it was also opportunity to see what God wanted to do in a new season. And I look back on that and I think, man, if I had even just delayed you know, it could have been way, way different. Um, I remember even thinking, 
um, you know, that when I graduated college. And I was like, I was, my plan was to always graduate college and then go to Bible school. But there was some stuff going on with church, mom and dad's church, and where we were at. And I told dad, I said, you know, I think I'll just take a year off and just work and save up some money. And my dad, you know, without really getting in my face, this is the best he does. He's like, no, you're leaving. You're going. You're not taking a year off. I know how that, I know how that turns out. And I'm like, really? And then he's like, yeah, you need to go now. This is it. This is the season. You're not hanging around because of this, that, and the other uncertainty. That's just waiting on craziness. You got to go. And, and it was, it was, he was right. And there's just something about stepping into a new year, even though you might not have a new place to live and a new job and a, a new, new, new. It's a new year. It's a chance to let God do some new things in us and through us in 2022. And it'll be good. Amen? So we've, we've, uh, we've got to just embrace some change. We've got to embrace the new. We've got to let God do some stuff in us and, and watch how good it'll be. Because he's, he's good at He's good at that. He's good at that, especially when we just lay out there and trust him. We just launch out, step out, walk by faith. Amen? Uh, 2 Corinthians, really familiar passage in chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's us. That's our, that's our anthem. We're new creatures. It's awesome. God likes doing new stuff. But he shows us in some scripture. You guys remember Job? The book of Job, what happened to Job? Job went through some stuff, didn't he? Let's go to the end of Job chapter 42. The end of Job chapter 42. We'll start in verse 9. Look at some people that went, went into some new seasons in life. Now Job, you know, uh, Job went through a lot. He, uh, he lost it all, uh, except for his wife. He lost everything. He lost his kids and his stuff and, and uh, his health. He lost a lot of stuff. There's preachers that preach that God did this to Job to try to teach him a lesson or, or put him through the test. And uh, really, Scripture doesn't bear that out. The Bible's clear that the enemy came in and, and tried to rob everything from Job to get Job to reject God and walk away from God. That's really what happened. Job didn't know at the time that there was a devil. He didn't have any teaching and that there was an enemy that was against him. He just, all he understood was there's good and bad and God's overall. And so he just like, God, why are you doing this to me? God corrects him in uh, 39, 40, 41. It says, you've been saying some stuff that uh, you shouldn't have been saying because you don't know everything. Now, Job stayed faithful to God. His mouth was faithful to God, even in his questions of why. Um, but he didn't understand some things. And, but he was faithful. And because of that, because he repented of his sin, which, you know, he was operating in fear. He was afraid for his kids. He was afraid for some things that opened the door to the enemy. But, but he repented. He came. He kept his mouth in line with what, who, who, who God is, his character. And then here's God taking care of him. So in chapter uh, 42, verse 9, uh, it says this. <clears throat> so Eliphaz, and, uh, Eliphaz the Temanite... And Bildad the Shunite and Zophar the Namanite went through and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. And in verse 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And then all his brothers and all his sisters and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Now see, again, that's his perspective that he thought the Lord brought this all onto him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. And now the Lord blessed the latter of days of Job more than his beginning. 
For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first, Gemini, the name of the second, Keziah, and the name of the third, Karen Hapush. And in all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. And so Job died old and full of days. So Job went through a lot. But in this new season, God restored to him twice as much as he had before. Now, he was wealthy before. He was considered a wise man before. There were people that came to him before he lost it all and were asking him questions because he knew the Lord and he sought wisdom. God restored to him twice as much. So if you're in a place where you've lost some things, God is a restorer. Amen? He's somebody that will bring stuff back to you. You just keep your mind and your focus and your attention and your mouth, your heart set on him because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen? And so the focus for us this year is to make sure we keep our eyes and our attention on the Lord. I would encourage you to do some things um, and set yourself some goals. And I don't mean New Year's resolutions because we know 92% of those fail anyway, right? How many have already broken your New Year's resolutions, right? I'm the second. I'm the only one. Sweet. So I think resolutions are kind of, you know, kind of fickle, but setting goals for yourself for the year of doing things. Um, one thing I would suggest for you if you, haven't, if you haven't and are not doing this on a regular basis anyway is make sure that you're putting in your eye gates, you're reading the Word of God every single day. Put the word in front of you every single day. Write it on cards. Write it on three by five cards or notes. Put it around your house where when you go in and you're, you know, dolling yourself up in the mirror, right? You're seeing, you're seeing that scripture stuck to the mirror. You're seeing yourself or seeing scriptures on your doorpost, seeing uh, scriptures by your nightstand, seeing scriptures at the refrigerators. Put, put things around your home where you're regularly seeing and ingesting the word of God and then crack this open. You know, morning or night, just make a habit of it where you are you're ingesting the word of God. And it's not about quantity. It's about quality. It truly is. But, but putting the word first place in your life proves that you're honoring the Lord. It proves that you care about what he said. It'll make a difference in your life. I think all of us are, have been in seasons of life where we're just busy. We're tired and we're overwrought and we're stressed out because of life. And we just, we, you know, we get up in the morning and we're going because the kids are up. But we got to find these moments, these times when we can Take time to get into the word of God and put it first place in our life. Because this, this truly is a game changer, this word. It is a game changer in your life. It'll help you in every single area. So if you're going to make a goal for this year, put that on the top of the list, right? Again, not quantity. We're not trying to just plow through it. Quality, amen? Thank you, Lord. Joshua, Joshua chapter one. Joshua's a guy that took over for Moses. Do you guys remember this? Moses was like some big shoes to fill. I don't know if you guys remember Moses, but the Bible even says there was no prophet like him that saw God face to face and talked with him and led like him and saw miracles like him. He was, Moses was a big deal. And here Moses, he dies in the end of Genesis here at the beginning of Joshua, and Joshua takes over. Joshua takes over. And he's in charge. And not only is the leader like out of the picture, he's dead. So he doesn't even have a guy he can like, hey man, I need to have a cup of coffee with you and ask you some questions. He's gone, right? And so we see in verse uh, one right here, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon uh, I will have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness 
and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, into the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, not to turn from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Here it is, uh, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I, I find it very telling in the scripture when God is releasing Joshua to lead the nation, that he tells him to keep the word of God, keep my words in your mouth and in your heart and meditate in it day and night. Very telling. This is what he gave the leader to step out. He says, this is how you're going to have success. This is how you're going to accomplish all that I've caused you to accomplish. Now, he had a task in front of him that was challenging, and so might you. We might have a a year ahead of us that's a challenge, but it's okay, even if there's a fight on our hands. And I don't mean a physical fist fight. Maybe you did over the holidays. I don't know. But, But you might have a fight on your hands this year. But it's okay because God says if you'll keep the word of my word in your heart and in your mouth and you'll meditate on it, then he's given him instructions that they're going to go into this land and they're not just casually sauntering in here and just staking claim to some land. They're going to have to fight battles, take land from people that don't want to leave. They weren't just handing the deeds of their properties over. You understand this, right? So his instructions to him was, if you will follow my word and you will keep it in your mouth and you will meditate in it day and night, then you will have good success. He's, he's telling them the way to win this year, the way to win this battle, the way to win this fight, the way to do what I called you to do and be successful in it is to keep the word in your mouth and to keep it in your heart and to meditate on it day and night. This is how we're gonna succeed this year. If you want this year to look better than last year, if you want things to change in your heart and in your life, if you want things to change in your family and in your job and in everything you put your hand to, it begins with putting the word of God in your mouth. That means you see it, you hear it, and you say it out of your own mouth. And you ingest it and you meditate on it and you, you mutter it to yourself. If, if I could just make you do this, you would see it works. But you have to do it for yourself. You have to do it for yourself. You have to value it for yourself. You know, we're not just in a social club here. This is, this is how God intended us to get together, to encourage each other, to be strengthened and encouraged, to gather together, for me to be able to deliver a message to you that would encourage you and strengthen you and, and lift you up. But these instructions are from the Lord. They're truly from Him. If we, if we don't take the time to value the Word of God and to put it into our lives, this year will look the same as last year or the year before that or the year before that. If you, if you want it to be different, watch what the word of God will do. A friend of mine was just telling me about how he read a book um, by Kenneth Hagin, which I'd, I'd given him to read, so I'm glad he read it, but it was it, The Authority of the Believer. And in that, in that book, he was just talking about um, laying claim to some things, seeing some things in the word, you know, using the authority we have as believers, to not just pray and beg God to do stuff, but see what he's already promised and then declare him over our lives. 
And he's applying and appropriating these things to his lives. And he told me over this year, I've seen some things change. And one of them was family members. Family members had, had, who were running from God are now seeking God actively because one of their siblings was willing to say, nope, I'm standing on the word of God for my family. These are my siblings. I love them. God loves them. They know, and I'm believing God for them. And things will change. They'll turn. This is, this is how we're supposed to live life is to not just come to church and check a box, but see some things and then apply them to our lives and watch God work. It's amazing. But this is, this is key. This one's critical. Brother Hagin said this before he died. He actually said this many times, but one of the first times I heard him say it on tape, I didn't personally hear him say it because he said it in 1965. I was not alive. Thank you, Jesus. But he said this over and over again. He said one of the greatest needs in the church today for Christians, the greatest needs, and this applies still today, the greatest need in the church for Christians is to renew their mind according to the word of God. By far. By far. What does that solve for us? Everything. It solves everything. When we renew our mind to the word of God, it solves everything. It'll bring healing to your body. It'll bring provision to your bank account. It'll bring peace to your spirit and to your soul. It'll bring peace into your home. I mean, it solves everything. Renewing our mind by the word of God solves everything. It truly does. Jesus himself had to do this. When he was growing and when he was maturing and when he was learning, he was ingesting and putting in the word of God. And he was the word of God made flesh. And yet he still spent time reading the scriptures and reading the scrolls and and finding himself in scriptures in Isaiah. And then when people would come to him and ask him questions, he could quote the word. When the enemy came to tempt him, he could quote the word. So when the enemy comes to you, you should be able to quote the word. But that's going to require you to go into the word and find out how to quote it back to him. Because the enemy will misquote scriptures to you. And you got to say, that didn't sound right. I'm going to go look that up. Yeah, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. And then be able to tell him, amen? We have to take the time to do that. And nobody, nobody in this room can make you do that but you. You're it. You're it. But the greatest need in the church today for Christians is to renew their mind according to the word of God. Man, if if you're facing anything this year, any challenge, any uncertainty, just like Joshua was, Come on, brand new leader. Had never crossed over the Jordan before to take back territory. They, they, weren't, even, they weren't even warriors. They were slaves. They, they had been wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Now they got to go to battle to take land God promised them. I mean, this is a daunting task. And God says, be, be strong and of good courage. Put the word of God in your mouth and put it in your heart. And follow what I've told you to do and you'll have success. Come on now. So we have, a, we have a whole, I mean, this is before he had a whole book. I mean, he just had some things written down that God had given Moses according to the law and according to the Ten Commandments. But we got a whole book we can follow. And he's just encouraging us, get in there, get in there, make it a priority, put it in your heart, meditate on it, put it in your mouth, speak the word of God out, watch him work. Then when you cross over, come on, we're crossing over the Jordan. When you cross over, you got battles to face, God's with me. I'll have success. He's with me. He's with me. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I remember when I started um, learning how to snow ski. Anybody ever snow ski before or, or snowboard? A couple of you. Um, when, you're, when you first get out there on these skis that they purposely slick down so you can go faster, it's a little terrifying. Your body's not used to this. 
It's, uh, you, you're, not, you're not usually craving, let's see how fast I go and then figure out how to stop. Usually not. You want to know how to stop first. There's something about uh, being on these skis and picking up speed and learning how to stop, learning how to turn, learning how to, you know, all of this stuff you're overcoming uh, fear because you're learning how to control your own speed, your own direction, right? This is all part of it. And I remember there just came a point where it just kind of clicked, where it's like, if at any time I feel like I'm out of control, I know how to stop. It's brilliant, right? But I mean, that's what they're trying to teach you from the very beginning. These little three-year-olds on skis that are just bombing by the adults on the slopes, like, it's frustrating, but it's like, how in the world? Well, li- literally no fear, right? And they, but they learn how to stop and turn and direct themselves. And I remember when it finally clicked, and I was like, yes, I, I finally understand how to make the turns, how to make a stop, how to get it under control. Because, you know, when you're, even, even now as an experienced skier, and I haven't skied for a long time, more than likely if I go skiing again, I'm going to yard sale fall. You know what that is, right? Yard sale fall. It's like your hat's over there and your gloves are over there. Your ski's doing about 30 miles an hour down the hill without you, right? It's called a yard sale fall. I just... It's just one of those things that happens and you just, you sprawl. But I just, I understand the process of skiing. So I'd probably take it a little easier than I did when I was 25, right? But it's, it's this whole idea of just getting into this uh, mind frame and understanding some things, even from scripture, where the, the more you go in this, the more you understand it, the more you put the word in, it's, you're really applying skills to your life so that life becomes less scary. You can approach things with a different mindset because you've applied the word of God and now you know how to deal with this situation. It's like, I know how to do this. This is right in the scripture. We'll just apply the word and watch God work. Amen. So then these things that come up are less scary now because you've, you've already learned, you've learned a skill set because we took the time before to put the word of God in. You see that? And this is what God is telling Joshua. Keep meditating on the word. Keep putting it in your mouth. Keep it in the midst of your heart. You will have success. Amen? Amen? That's what we're called to do. Thank you, Lord. The disciples were even going through this. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. This was new for them. I mean, come on now. When you're following a leader like Jesus, you're following Jesus. Really, your days are kind of scrolled out for you. You know, when you wake up, it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to follow Jesus. What are we going to do? We're going to do whatever Jesus says, right? Where are we going? Wherever Jesus tells us to go, that's where we're going. I mean, it, it's really simple. And then he leaves, and they're like distraught, right? But then he appears to them, and he lays out the scripture, and he, and he shows them all, and he, and he brings revelation to their mind. This is exactly how it needed to be. I had to come. I had to die. I had to rise again. So now they're launching out themselves. Jesus has ascended, he's in heaven, he says, I'm coming back for you, but you got a job to do, you have a job to do. And now they're the leaders, like within just a short window of time, they basically have the whole church model kind of dropped on them, and now they're in charge. That's a little daunting. Can you imagine? It's daunting. So here in verse 36 of chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 36, says this, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, this is Peter uh, preaching. He's finishing up his sermon after the Holy Spirit showed up, filled the whole house, and they, they spilled out. 
It says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Isn't that amazing? And then keep reading. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day, and about 3,000 souls were added to them. So they're leaders, and then 3,000 people are added to them, just like that. Can you imagine? You just get handed the CEO ship of a company with 3,000 employees, right? You'd probably lock yourself in the bathroom. Nope, can't do it. Sorry. I mean, you, you just feel totally unprepared for that, right? Totally unprepared to make decisions that would alter the course of people's lives. And this is, this is what Jesus gave them. This is what he spent three years um, putting into his disciples and training them and teaching them how he would operate and how he would move. And then just basically in a moment of time, handed it to him, handed it to him. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So the first thing they do is he adds 3,000 people, and then they continued in the apostles' doctrine, meaning that these disciples have been taught by Jesus. And then Jesus revealed himself to them through Scripture how he was the Savior of the world, and now their job was to take the gospel, the good news, and then to disseminate that to as many people as they possibly could. And then God added to the church right here 3,000 people in one shot. And they've got to navigate and figure out how to do this, how to parse this out, how to get the apostles and then make more disciples so that they're, they can be in different places and different homes throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. So that they're teaching and, and helping because there's not a place for Peter to, on a regular basis, go preach to 3,000 people. I mean, they didn't have mega churches back then. They didn't even know the word church yet. They're still figuring it out. But yet God just laid it all on them and he, and he instructed them to continue to preach the gospel. And the first thing they did was they got together, they broke bread, they shared, they taught, they learned, they grew. And that's what we're called to do too, to share, to teach, to learn, to grow, to get together, right? To, to share a verse with each other, to break bread together, to get together. Now, this is part of why we get our small groups together. But outside of that, even just making an effort among your church folks and other people, to have them over and disciple, train, encourage, equip, help, right? No matter where you're at with your walk, you, you know something, right? I mean, you know something you can share with somebody else that knows less than you. Believe it or not, there are people that know less than you. They're all over the place. They know zero about Jesus. I mean, zero, amen? So we're going into 2022, like really armed to the hilt. And sometimes we don't feel like it, probably like Joshua felt when Moses died and said, you're on, pal, Walk, going across the Jordan, let's get after it. Probably didn't feel all ready to go, but you know what? He trusted God. So if we're going to step over into 2022 with some hope and some excitement and want to take on some stuff, we're going to have to put the word in us, right? And we're going to have to spend some time fellowshiping and discipling and growing. And I promise you this, in this year, God will absolutely answer your prayer when you're like, God, I, I want to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I want to do what you've called me to do. Use me. It's a dangerous prayer, but when you say, use me to God, he will use you. Amen? Make your, you, but then you say that, then you've got to make yourself available. And I know that's not always easy because we're busy, but we can't be so busy that we forget what we're called here to do. 
Come on now. That's the being, being lulled to sleep by the deceitfulness of riches and the cares for other things. We, we can't be those people. We have to take care of business. I totally understand that. But we have to make room intentionally and on purpose for the Lord and what he's called us to do. Come on, sometimes that's in your home. Sometimes that's in your job. Sometimes that's outside of the things that you would normally like to do. I'm married to an introvert. She would be okay. We never hosted anybody ever. Right? We, we will go to your house. But she knows. That's part of it. This is part of what we're called to do, amen? So it's, sometimes it's easier for people than others, but we're called, to, we're called to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. So here are the disciples, 3,000 people. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking the bread together. Then fear came upon every soul and, man, and many wonders and signs. Now fear there is not like terror. It's reverential awe for the Lord. Then fear came upon every soul, reverential awe for the Lord, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That, they were just taking care of each other. So, they, so continuing daily in with, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is what we're called to do, fellowship. Amen? So put the word in. Make sure we're connecting with people. That's 2022 right here. There is a vast harvest just ready to come in. Jesus said, look up. The fields are white unto harvest. And I believe this is the season where we are seeing in America, the fields are white unto harvest. We have gone through seasons in this country where Christianity was kind of the norm, right? And it gets, um, the water gets tepid. It gets comfortable. It gets lukewarm. And people are like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I was raised in church or, you know, and now, now we're in a place where it's polarizing and it's completely opposite. People are like, I don't want anything to do with Christianity. They, I was raised in church. I mean, we are two, three generations away from people that were raised in church and their grandkids haven't even stepped foot in a church. So that means the fields are white unto harvest. People have no idea how good God is. They think he's a mean taskmaster. Our job is the ministry of reconciliation, amen? To let people know they're right with God. You've been reconciled to God. Just receive Jesus. You're in, amen? So we're, we're in a place where we gotta step out and just minister Jesus to people. Show them the love of God. True or not, amen? It's the beginnings of the worldwide church right here in Acts. And then over in 4.4 says this, another 5,000 people. However, many of those who heard the word believed and a number of men came to be about 5,000. So these guys are stepping out by faith and they're seeing God add thousands of people to the body of Christ. They're being taught in the temple. They're being taught in house to house. They're sharing bread. They're breaking bread. They're putting the word of God in. Why? Because they're hungry. Their souls are hungry for the word of God. They're hungry for the word of God. And this is how God will help us to step out and to lead is by helping us to understand you've got to put the word of God in. You've got to meditate on the word of God. So this year's our kind of like a, uh, a fresh start, right? We're on the 2nd of January. There's a, there's a great, this is a great time for us as human beings to look at the beginning of the year and commit ourselves to God's plan, his ways, his ways of doing things, right? Great time to do this. And I encourage you, start today. Put the word of God in. Make sure it's, it's first and foremost. If you've got to have a Bible in your car, do it. I, I think there's, there's something to be said about the written page, right? You, if you're stuck and you've got to read off your phone or read off a tablet, great, do it. Don't skip it because you don't have a, 
a book in front of you. But there's something about going back to the word that you have underlined and you have highlighted and, and God has spoken things to you, you've made notes. I mean, I encourage you to write, write in here, write in the margins, write in your Bible. God will say things to you when you come back to that. You'll be like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. That's good. Those are all good things. But, but putting it out in front of us for this year, being a fresh start, new beginnings. The beauty, too, of starting a new year is this. God told us that when we got born again, that old things have passed away and all things have become new, right? So we've got to make sure we're packaging up 21 and, and letting it go, right? Take the good, remember the good, remember the faithfulness of God. But if we've had faults or failures or missteps in 2021, 2019, whenever it was, let it go. Leave it behind. Let 22 be fresh. Amen? Let it be a new start. Let it be a fresh start. His mercies are new every single morning for us. That is such, such a good thing from the Lord, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. So I wanted to finish uh, today just by um, sharing a couple things and then um, making it available to if you guys need prayer for anything. I feel like the Lord just wants to do some tremendous things in this year as we move forward in health and healing in our bodies and, and just seeing God do some some awesome stuff for us, amen? And it comes from us um, just seeking him and expecting to see God move and do some amazing things. So um, one of the things too is um, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, heard about or even um, um, understood, I guess, what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues, that's a, that is a tremendous gift for the body of Christ. And so um, if that's something that you're hungry for or desiring more to, uh, desiring to learn more about. Um, we'll continue to be talking about it throughout the year, but um, I also want to have an opportunity for, for you to be prayed over for that too. You know, there's, there's a lot of things going on uh, in Scripture where uh, the disciples and the apostles laid hands on people and imparted something to them, whether it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit or health and healing in their bodies. And so we see in Acts, even here in uh, chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit came in and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues. We see it in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, where the Holy Spirit came, filled them, they spoke in other tongues. And so uh, for us as Christians, you know, you've been around here any length of time at all. This, for us, this is not goofy and weird. This is right out of the Bible. This is something that we desire to have because it's a gift from God so that we can pray out the mysteries of God. We can pray out the perfect plan of God in our lives without us having to come up with it in our head. Praying in the Spirit is not you praying, but your spirit praying. Paul told us, he says, when I pray in other tongues, it's not me who's praying, it's my spirit that prays. It's not my flesh, my body. My mind doesn't understand it. It's my spirit praying to God. And so this is a gift that's given to the church so that we can basically bypass our own intellect and our own understanding and pray out information, pray out the wisdom and plan of God for our lives. And it's an amazing gift. It's an amazing tool. So all it, all it requires is us saying, okay, Lord, that's what I want. I want to receive that from you. And he downloads his spirit into us. You know, I use download because we're in a computer generation. But really, it's just a matter of filling you full of the Holy Spirit, and then you speak out of your own spirit and pray out mysteries. And so <clears throat> if that's something that you guys are interested in or you want to be a part of that uh, or step in and be baptized with the Holy Spirit, I believe God will fill you. He'll fill you full and you'll pray and speak in other tongues and it's something that um, as believers as christians paul would go into a new place uh, peter and john would go into a new place they'd find out hey you guys are believers in jesus yes have you been baptized in water 
yeah, we got baptized in water. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And a couple of times they were like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he says, well, then we need to pray for you because you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and uh, be filled. And they're like, if, if you say it's for us, we want it. So they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they spoke out, prayed out in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the words to say. So it's for us today. So um, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to wrap up service by just laying hands on some folks and praying for some folks. So if, uh, if you got something going on in your body that you need healing for, right, you're believing God for, then um, I'm going to have you come down front and we're going to pray. Amen? Uh, if, if you want that. And then also, if you want to be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have you come down front and we're going to pray. God's going to meet us. This is, this is the year where we're trusting God to see some amazing things, aren't we? And let God work. Let him move in our lives. Let him transform not just us, but our families and our jobs, and just let him do what he wants to do. Amen? That's going to require us to yield to him, be bold about what we believe. So um, I'm going to let Darren play a little bit of uh, background music, whatever he finds there, and then um, uh, invite anybody that needs prayer. You need prayer for healing. You need prayer. uh, You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need prayer for something going on, um, whether you're dealing with you know, anxiety, depression, stuff like that. A- anything you want the Lord touch in your life, uh, I want to I make the altar, the upfront available to, to pray. So um, why don't we just stand just for a minute and shake off the dust a little bit. And then if you want to sneak down here and pray, uh, get prayed for, just come on down and we'll pray. Um, Patty Jean, would you help me pray too? And then... Um, uh, yeah, if that's you, come on, come on down. I was going to say my wife, but I think she's back in kids, so thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. He's faithful, isn't he? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect, and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.